0: Hi, Emily. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. So, so okay. So,
1: here's the thing.
0: <laughs> A lot of things have been fucked up immediately upon my entering Emily's house. Truth. So, this is the uh oh feeling for anybody who hasn't listened to it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Taylor. Okay, I'm Emily. Hi. Hi. We're in Emily's apartment right now. So, about the fuck ups. Yeah. So, um, one, uh, I forgot the little thingies that hold the microphones. <laughs> to a surface so we currently have the microphone stands shoved into various parts of emily's couch so we're we, i apologize if there's any issues <laughs> on this one i don't really know what to do we about make it no promises at some point someone's mic is gonna fall right there will be pausing we'll figure it out hopefully you won't have to deal with it yourselves The other fuck up, I don't think is a fuck up. (laughs) It's just a
1: a a really good
0: brain idea, I thought. (laughs) So I'm in Quick Trip, right? And for those of you who don't know, Quick Trip is a convenience store slash gas station all over Wisconsin where we live. And uh, in their beer cooler was some wine. So that's Mark one against it right there, because it's in amongst some beers. That's all anyone ever gets in there. This wine is literally dusty. (laughs) It's got (laughs) dust on it. (laughs) And it is, it is, this is the price. Two bottles of wine for $9. (laughs) And I just was like, well, I have to get it. It's probably just utterly disgusting. I have to get it so that we can try it here on the podcast before we tell each other stories. (laughs)
1: And she walks into my apartment building going, I have a, I have a really great idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's great, but like, okay, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's St. Patrick's Day. Hear me
0: out. Right? Fair. <laughs> it's time to make
1: mistakes. And you're like walking in with beer and something in a bag. And I'm like, oh my God, are we doing like the thing where you drop a shot into a glass of beer? Ooh. Like what the fuck is going on?
0: Another time on that. Cause that's a good idea. Are those called Boilermakers? They are. Aha, I like those. But uh, no, this is just shit wine. Uh, it's, we're drinking, what is it? Flip-flop. Flip-flop wines. Moscato. Again, just cannot over, overstate how dusty they were. <laughs> <laughs> no one has touched a single bottle of this until I bought two. We also have a Pinot Grigio for later if we decide to get weird. So... Oh, also, Emily provided us um, her best non-wine glasses because we figured this wine does not deserve glasses. <laughs> no. So I have a pig mug, and it's so cute. It's from
1: Moana. Oh. I
0: got it at the
1: Disney store. It's so cute. And then I have a geek on fleek
0: mug. It's very good.
1: And, uh...
0: Are we going to do this? I'm scared. Dink it.
1: Ooh, that was a good dink. That
0: was a good dink. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's so sweet it's, it's so, so sweet, sweet. <laughs> oh
1: god i mean I it's can cold. like feel it in my jaw
0: yes oh it's gonna make my <laughs> teeth hurt <Yeah. laughs> oh, no. well we've got huge glasses of this so we're gonna have to just stick with it for a bit my favorite thing
1: is taylor doesn't really like sweet stuff
0: <laughs> yeah so i'm <laughs> like oh moscato. look there were two versions of the wine and i couldn't just pick one it was really hard <laughs> The Moscato is probably terrible because it's too sweet. Who knows why the Pinot Grigio is going to be bad? We'll find out later. Uh Uh-huh. I need this. (laughs) Oh, my God, you guys. Okay. So I think that's in and amongst all the fuck-ups. And now we get to talk about other people's fuck-ups.
1: Maybe. Hold on. I have one more
0: fuck-up. Oh, please. Oh, please.
1: You haven't seen my hallway yet.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I haven't. I walked right by it. (laughs) So
1: I got rid of half of my clothes.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. How did I miss this? Is it just laying in a heap in your hallway? What the fuck? I walked <laughs> I took
1: some of it by. But a hoarder was evicted from another building.
0: Whoa. So
1: the dumpsters have been absolutely filled for the past like three days.
0: Holy shit. They're
1: finally empty today, but Kat's been gone and I can't carry it down by myself. <laughs> so it's just sitting in the hallway. So, <laughs> so that's fun. If you have to pee at any point today, there's um, a mound of clothing waiting for well, you. Well, that's fine. I'll just
0: traverse over it. Uh-huh. I'll send you a word by telegraph when okay. I arrive safely.
1: Speaking of telegraphs, that popped up in my memories. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. Stop.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to tell you my story. Oh, God. It just involves a little bit of the like similar elements that fuck. made me really happy. <laughs> That's Wait, did that just happen a year ago then? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's cool. For anybody who doesn't know, what the fuck one was that? I did the Uruguayan football team.
1: And I did the Essex crew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. Yes. That was a really good one. I think
1: think that was the one.
0: Usually I know the names of all our episodes, but I can't recall it right now. I think it was
1: Oops Cannibalism.
0: Yeah, oops all cannibalism.
1: Because
0: yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about what we were doing. I highly recommend that one. That was a very good one. That's probably my favorite. I know, me too. <laughs>
1: you got to get started it it's like, wait, you have cannibalism?
0: Oh my I God. I have cannibalism. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh Well, shall we do this?
1: Yeah. What are we... The... Who... Mine's shorter.
0: Okay. Do you... Not
1: necessarily happier.
0: Uh, well... I'm a little concerned about the length of mine, but if you don't mind going first, then I will know what to trim.
1: I have two and a half pages of notes. Sexy. That is literally the shortest I've ever had. Dag. Versus like the 14 from last time. I'm going to talk about, I don't know why I just switched to like NPR.
0: (laughs) I love it. Continue.
1: (laughs) I'm going to talk about Deborah Kiley and Brad Kavanaugh but I'm not really going to talk about Brad Kavanaugh because that name is distinctly close to
0: Brett Kavanaugh. It's very close to and Brett Kavanaugh. I don't Kavanaugh. like it
1: and it doesn't feel right coming out of my mouth. I don't And either. I want it to stop. Yeah. So technically he also survived this, but we're just kind of not going to pay attention to him right now. And I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is this entirely <laughs> another thing we can blame on Brett Kavanaugh? Yes. <laughs> Great.
1: So Deborah wasn't a stranger to the seas.
0: Ooh. She seas. liked going
1: out on the water. She was an experienced sailor. Nice. As was Brad.
0: Brad, last <laughs> no, name redacted. Nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She'd spent most of her life working as a crew member on yachts around the world. So she was very experienced. Nice. So she decided, kind of on a dare, to sign up to be a crew on the Trash Man.
0: Wait. <laughs> Wait. Wait. My favorite name of a boat. Wait. That's not the name of this boat. It is. No, it's, so it's is. not. It's <laughs> That's so your life. You can't just name a boat the Trash Man. It was the eighties. No, that that <laughs> doesn't. I don't care. The Trash Man. Did it suck? Did it? Was it like a barge that carried yeah, trash? Yes. Okay. Okay. But still. Still, there's a lot. I mean, I don't know what you're going to call a barge that carries trash. (laughs) Like, you can't call it the Olympia or something. (laughs) So,
1: the trash man. She she joins a five-man crew Mm -hmm. for the trash man, Uh including Brad, last name redacted. (laughs) Hello, Brad. (laughs) And it was just going to be another job. Sure. Why Uh not?
0: She's done a bunch before. Uh
1: Uh-huh. A few problems. The captain of the ship was named John Lipoff. He decided to bring his girlfriend, Meg Mooney, along for the ride.
0: Okay. Professional.
1: Yeah. She was like kind of a sailor, kind of a joyriding kind of sailor. Mm. Doesn't really do anything, but just kind of comes along.
0: Sure, sure. She knows what to do, though. She's not totally inexperienced. Uh, Okay. okay, she's. (laughs) uh, uh-oh. The
1: other two crew members were Mark Adams and then Brad. Brad,
0: he who must not be named. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the plan had been to take the yacht from Annapolis, Maryland, down to Florida to meet up with its owner. First half of the trip was okay. Sure. Not bad. Sure.
0: Seems normal. Sure.
1: They were sailing. Uh, Deborah did start noticing a few things on, show- on the deck that kind of made her not happy.
0: Like what?
1: Like the captain kept making excuses to go below deck.
0: To fuck his girlfriend?
1: Maybe.
0: I mean, come on, yeah. But
1: really, she realized it was more that he's afraid of the ocean?
0: What? Whoa, 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 flag-
1: <laughs> Other red flag. The captain... And Mark Adams also spent the entire voyage completely
0: drunk. Is it, was, it, was this like a joy ride to them? <laughs> Didn't really seem like they thought that this was work. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so
1: only Deborah and Brad were were the ones who knew what the fuck they
0: were doing at that point. Oh, my God. Okay. Good for them, Running at least. like a
1: 58-foot vessel. Yeah.
0: But those things are big. Yeah.
1: There's a reason they had five people on the crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well. They get to North Carolina and shit hits the fan. Oh, no. Sometimes when you're at sea. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you put on your sea voice. Yeah. It's you're... the wine. It's the wine. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's yeah. so much. Every it's time so I take much. a drink, I'm like, oh, why?
1: I'm just kind of <laughs> chugging it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, real big really bad idea. <laughs> so... They get to North Carolina and they literally run into a storm.
0: Oh no. Well, yeah. okay. Yep. So, there's a storm.
1: The trash man heads right into the middle of it. Cuz the yeah, captain's drunk. <laughs> the
0: captain of the trash. We know who the real trash man is. It's the it's the captain. <laughs>
1: so, Debra remembers that the wind speed readings were coming in at over seventy knots, mm. which is—I
0: don't know what knots are, but yeah, I assume that's fast. I used
1: fast. to. I used to, and I don't know why I used to, but my head is normally full of just random, random trivia. <laughs> that is eighty miles per hour. So,
0: okay, yeah, like hurricane winds. Yeah, getting real, real dangerous there,
1: and forty-foot uh, waves. Oh, God. Well. The waves were so powerful, they were ripping
0: holes in the boat. Oh, shit.
1: Now, there are certain things a captain is supposed to do when in the middle of a storm.
0: Not be drunk, for one.
1: Yeah. Well, he did the opposite of what he's supposed to do. Great. And tried to make a frantic run for shore in 40-foot waves and 80-mile-an-hour winds. And he burnt out the engine.
0: Oh no. So they're just adrift?
1: Being torn apart by the waves. Oh my God. And the trash man goes down.
0: Oh no, the trap. No, not the trash man.
1: They lost one of their dinghies. Now, all five people technically, technically made it onto the other
0: lifeboat. Okay. Okay, I don't know why you keep saying technically, though. That's weird.
1: (laughs) The girlfriend got pretty banged up trying to get onto the lifeboat.
0: Oh, ouchies.
1: She received severe lacerations on her arms and legs from some of the ship's rigging. Oh, no. Because that just, like, split under the force of the winds.
0: Oh, ow, baby.
1: So they get her on the boat, and you think, okay, we're good. 1982 (laughs) some signals are still like sure going off the Mm. coast guard is a thing
0: right yeah
1: i'm sure the captain did a mayday (laughs) well like i'm sure the captain did a mayday are we sure so she's bleeding Uh a lot in the ocean
0: oh no don't you fucking talk to me about sharks don't you fucking say the word sharks (laughs)
1: The blood attracted sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck
0: you, though, for real, though.
1: <laughs> Literally followed them for days. Oh, They my were God. on this boat for like five days. Oh, my God. And there were just perpetual sharks. That's terrifying. That's horrible. No supplies. No water. Oh, God. No food. And no land for miles.
0: The sun's just beating down on you.
1: They drifted for a while with the sharks kind of bunting up against
0: the oh, life God. raft. Oh, God.
1: And there were also apparently tiny crabs that somehow got into the boat. Eat them. No, they were eating them.
0: Oh, pull a Salvador and eat them, you wusses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they made blankets out of seaweed. mm And we're trying to fight off the cold. And they also fought among themselves because both the captain and Mark were alcoholics and had been drunk this entire trip. And now we're without alcohol. Oh, no. And going through withdrawal.
0: That's really bad.
1: Here's the thing. The captain and Mark started drinking the seawater.
0: (gasps) No, 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 no.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's very bad.
1: It is. Because if you're hydrated, your body can handle the seawater and you're just going to pee out a lot more than you take in because your liver can't process the salt. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's really bad.
1: If you're already dehydrated, Uh like say, because you've been drinking
0: so much alcohol. Right. You haven't had a drop of anything that isn't alcohol for several days at Uh least.
1: You'll start hallucinating. Oh, God. So... they both went mad
0: on yeah, the boat. Yeah.
1: And uh, the captain, in his state of delirium, jumped off of the life raft and tried to swim to shore.
0: Oh, God. How far were they? Could they even see shore? No. Oh, my God.
1: He didn't make it.
0: No shit.
1: He died. Sharks? Yes.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. He
1: got om
0: how I can't imagine just like watching a dude go down
1: soon Mark jumped off the life raft saying he was going to the 7-11 for cigarettes
0: holy shit he was gone oh yeah he was way more gone than the captain
1: uh here's the bad part uh oh so he literally like made it out of the boat and then was dragged under the life raft by the shark Ooh. and killed under the life raft
0: oh my god
1: And the attack was so violent that the life raft spun and the water around the life raft turned red.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Like the captain at least made it a little ways. Right.
0: You don't have to see and hear and feel that happen.
1: so that night, the girlfriend died of blood poisoning
0: from her injuries. Mm hmm. Oh, awful. She didn't deserve that. She was just trying to go on a sick trip. She was trying
1: to just go on a trip with her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So she probably like was super infected and went septic and just kind of. Right. When you go
0: septic, organs are shutting down and yeah.
1: Fun fact.
0: Oh, good. Are you sure it's fun?
1: Fun fact. (laughs) The girlfriend wasn't supposed to be on that ship. She had been banned from being on that ship by the ship's owner.
0: Really? Because of them just fucking off and not doing what they're supposed to do in the past. Wow, great. Maybe don't. Maybe fire your alcoholic captain while you're at it. But sure, Uh sure, fine, fine, fine.
1: So Deborah and Brad are the only two left.
0: Oh, hi Deborah and Brad.
1: They had to toss the girlfriend's body overboard. Yeah. And she was also eaten by sharks.
0: Right. Ugh.
1: So, a little bit after that, they were finally spotted by a Russian cargo ship. And they were rescued. So, sorry, they were only at sea for four days. But that was four days without food, water. Oh, God. Sun exposure. Right. Sharks.
0: I mean, that's... So many sharks. Awful. Yeah, and well, and like, ugh, just, uh blood and body parts. Uh-huh. and uh,
1: So, they get out of it. And she's for quiet that. for a while. Yeah. Eventually through meeting someone that her husband knew just randomly on a plane. He was like, why don't you write a book? She's like, I don't really want to write a book. And then she's like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Nice. So it's called Albatross, the true story of a woman's survival at sea. It was released in 1994.
0: I would read the shit out of that.
1: She acknowledges that her portrayal of the sinking's victims are are far from flattering. She calls them out on being alcoholics mm -hmm. and incompetent.
0: Well, I mean, they yeah, they, everything they did led yes, to this, this happening. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so she never expected their relatives to actually be happy about the book. Oh. And was, like, geared up for, like, lawsuits and shit. Um, but she also does say, quote, I don't think I portray myself in a flattering way either. Because in the book, she also talked about her own strained relationship with her mother, and she'd had a battle with the eating disorder bulimia. For a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to rub salt in other people's wounds. I know the story is tough, but this was an extreme situation. And sometimes people don't respond the way you would like them to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's
0: that's just hard truth.
1: Yeah. So in order to write the book, she had to undergo regressive therapy. Which means she just basically relived that entire time.
0: So yeah. she could write the book. I could see why she didn't want to write it at first. Yeah.
1: Um it's hard She stuff. said she needed to write the story to exercise the demons of her past and to get on with her life. Mm-hmm. Um, because the trash man experience, as she calls it, <laughs> still, I, no. <laughs> no. Oh, it's
0: just, so oh, it's good. <laughs>
1: Continued to follow her around. Um, she lived in Massachusetts with... Two of her own young children and her husband, who was a yacht designer.
0: Mm. So so she still has stu- something to do with the water. Yeah, You can bet she goes out on the water still. Yeah.
1: Um, she said, as she was going through, kind of remembering everything that happened, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to her, but it also saved her life. Quote, it was my wake-up call when I learned that my faith could sustain me through a situation where other people died. I knew it could get me through anything. It did and it does on a daily basis. So as I said, she'd taken this basically as a dare because she never turned anything down. She was raised in Texas. She's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Right. And now she has skepticism. (laughs) Right. And when she's in doubt, she says no.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Um, Her book was made into a TV film called Two Came Back. Mm. And she was profiled in the episode of Shark Survivor on the Discovery Channel series, I Shouldn't Be Alive.
0: Oh, dang.
1: She became a motivational speaker and appeared on Larry King Live and then published a second book in 2006 about lessons for surviving. Um, She did Pass Away August 13th of 2012 in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Nice. Where she had recently moved. She'd lost her 23-year-old son in a drowning accident in 2009. Oh,
0: my God. The water hates her.
1: Yeah. But her second child was still alive when she passed away, along with her biological father and several half-siblings. Wow. So check out her book.
0: Her two books, her I two guess. two books, yeah. I don't I have would... the name
1: for the other book. But it's something
0: about surviving. Yeah. I bet if we you could look
1: up Deborah Kylie K-I-L-E-Y. K-I-L-E-Y.
0: Hey, maybe we could, you know. I'm sure she has some good tips, stuff mm-hmm. we talk about sometimes. Crab. I mean, I get that whole, like, I don't want to talk ill of the dead thing, but they're dead because they made poor choices and didn't listen uh-huh. to, like, the other people around them who, they I mean, fucked up. Right. Don't
1: be drunk and captaining a boat when you're afraid of the goddamn ocean. Right.
0: Oh my God. Who let that guy be a captain? That's crazy.
1: Like the amount of shit he probably had to go through to become a captain. Right. And no one stopped him being right. like, "Hey, you're scared of the ocean." Maybe
0: he's an he was an alcoholic because he had a job in a place where he was afraid all the time mm-hmm. and just did that to like cope with it. But it's like how? Uh-huh. How did your life get like this? Um, well, and it's like I I think it means something that like the only two people aboard the ship who are like Paying attention and knew what they were supposed to be doing and weren't treating it as a joyride were also the two people who managed to make it through.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, w- exception of the girlfriend, I just think that that was really bad luck on her part. Yeah, who honestly, knows? I
1: think if she hadn't been injured on the rigging, she probably would have survived.
0: Right, provided she didn't, you know, follow along with but them nothing, and drink the seawater. Yeah, sea water. nothing
1: was saying that she wasn't also drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, who knows.
1: Yeah. If Hypothetically she'd been... speaking, if she hadn't been severely injured, she probably would have had a fighting chance. Right.
0: right? Yeah. Gosh. That is rough. Mm-hmm. They just can't believe it's called the Trash Man M. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why the sharks were so angry.
0: Yeah. They're like,
1: come on. Like you were on a ship called the Trash Called Man, the what
0: now? And you went into a storm. It's just Trash Man is literally what I call my cat. On like a regular basis. <laughs> He's our garbage boy stink man. And like, it's just too close. Like, He's a boat. Man, we're both doing stories about boats.
1: Oh, shit. Isn't that dope?
0: It's so great. Oh, fuck. Should you want to t- try that Pinot Grigio? Do it. Okay, one second. I have, to just fi- heart noising? I have to finish what's in this Moscato real quick. Things aren't sad, but it works. It's fine. The
1: wine is sad.
0: That's it. The wine's made us so sad we have to harp noise. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) You just have impeccable timing. Don't you dare finish that. You're trying the Pinot Grigio with me. Just try it a little bit. We've switched, I've switched out the Moscato for the Pinot Griege. One of us is chugging the Moscato from the <laughs> bottle of the wine rather than even look at the Pinot Greige. Are you that afraid of it? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it tastes like. Here, let me go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. <laughs> oh you guys. It's tart in the worst way. <laughs> That's not how you want it. Oh, just try a little bit. That was
1: the best thing ever.
0: <laughs> I really was worse than I was expecting. Really and I was
1: scared. scared. Yeah, please do it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. you, got, you
0: guys, it's so bad. I understand Y'all, why that
1: one has dust on it.
0: Run to your local Quick Trip real quick. Like, pause. Pause, yeah, pause. this. Run to your local Quick Trip and or other convenience store. I
1: think Festival also has this wine. And
0: go get Flip Flop Wines Pinot Grigio. I beg of you, make sure it's chilled because otherwise, oh God. I can't even I can't, imagine. I
1: can't imagine that warm.
0: No, but then please experience this with us. <laughs> like, because I'm going to keep drinking it. I poured it into the pig cup, so I'm gonna drink it. And you're just gonna, she's polishing off that moscato. It's gone now. There is no more moscato. I'm yeah. proud of you. <laughs> proud of you in a way. My jaw. Yes, it is. At least it this one. my jaw. At least this, yeah, no, my jaw feels like I've been clenching it the whole time. Uh, yeah. But it's just the sugar. This is not overly sweet, but it has other problems. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they rate wines between one and a hundred? What would you rate this?
1: <laughs> I'd rate that a negative three.
0: No, no. It's got to be somewhere in there. Most, any wine going between, like, going below 80 is like garbage swill. So like you have a lot of room to play with. <laughs> would you like to try some no. more? <laughs> So Are you sure negative three is an acceptable answer? <laughs> I'm going to go a solid two. <laughs> it's technically wine is the thing. Oh. It's still wine. So it deserves to be on the scale, but just very, very low.
1: I'm just going <laughs> to give it a five.
0: Okay. That's generous and kind of you. <laughs> You're such a good soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, Flip flop does not deserve this. Okay. Are you ready to hear a story? Yeah. It's another one about a boat. I'm just going to... I'm s- on a boat. I'm on a boat and it's, it's going, going fast, fast and I got my nautical theme, Pashmina Afghan. Afghans. That's the best. <laughs> anyway. All right.
1: Swim, drugs, and my flippy floppies. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, we flip- have our flippy floppies. This is
0: our flippy floppies. This is They're what gonna we're going to talk about. We're going to sink our boat. Yeah, they are. Because I'm going to vomit into the sea. <laughs> And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it so much that I somehow like make the sea rise up on one side of the boat and just tip us over and we all die and that's it.
1: But like, I just want to point out.
0: (laughs) Are you gonna logic my shitty story about (laughs) vomiting until we're dead?
1: No, (laughs) because I'm just gonna say we're drinking shitty, shitty, shitty wine. So bad. And you picked up alternative beer in case the shitty wine doesn't work. Right. That is rolling rock.
0: Yeah. It's shitty beer, but it's also like, it's going to taste like the nectar of the gods uh-huh. compared to this. It's going to be just like, it's so funny. It's going to be the best shit you've ever put in your mouth. Do you want one? Not yet. Okay. You let me know. because apparently, uh, apparently I put it behind me like I'm a gatekeeper of some kind. <laughs> okay i set it in front of you for when you want it rolling rock is the best of the really cheap beers i think it's still cheap beer mm-hmm. but again just put this in your mouth and then put that in your mouth and you'll be like oh thank god rolling rock exists <laughs> 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 that burp was warranted all right So much sugar. <laughs> have you guys all got right. your flip-flop pinot Gris? welcome you. back thank you for joining us welcome back Now take a sip. Let's take a sip. Everyone go. "Ah."
1: (laughs) And let's continue. And then we'll
0: sit back and we'll listen to the story of the survival of Sir Ernest Shackleton. (laughs) And 28 crew members. His name is Shackleton. You're going to have to get used to that. (laughs) It's pretty good. Weird thing is, I was talking about this because we were like our friend Sam was in my car. Today, and I was talking about this just like in the broadest of terms, this story. And he went, oh, is that the Shackleton thing? And I was like, what the fuck? Why do you know this story? Sam knows everything. For real. So it might be that you have also heard this story. It's kind of a big deal. I'll show you why. We're going to start with a little bit of background. So a black and white photograph depicts eight men and five dogs standing on the edge of a frozen ship leading down from one side of the ship into the snow. Every man is bundled up from head to toe, only their faces are visible. Another one depicts a man, physicist Reginald James, standing next to a makeshift shack that was his observatory, largely covered in snow. And in the distance beyond the shack is the same sailing ship, looking as if it is resting like on the solid snow beyond him.
1: I know where this is going.
0: Yet another photograph, my favorite one. (laughs) Is a close up of navigating officer Hubert Hudson smiling at the camera with a pair of emperor penguin chicks in his arms, one on each side. Here are the photos, Emily. I will also uh, post these on our Facebook page. Uh. So that might be a photo people recognize. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. This man is holding two emperor penguin babies, but they are not small.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, emperor penguins are not
0: small. Right. They're quite, they're at least a foot tall each. And he is just holding onto them like it ain't shit. And they both look pissed. (laughs) And it is wonderful. (laughs) These and hundreds more pictures were taken by photographer Frank Hurley in 1915. He was one of 28 men aboard the ship called the Endurance on a transatlantic mission led by Sir Ernest Shackleton. This is the story of those men's extraordinary survival. Oh, God, it's back. It's it's happening. (laughs) Now it's a little bit more of like a like a Georgia draw. Pinot Grigio. You know, they don't even do Pinot Grigio in the South, but I'm I'm here to tell you it is pretty good.
1: Pinot Grigio.
0: (laughs) No. Not even Titus would go so far as to drink Uh, this wine, honestly. No. Oh fuck. So let's back up a little bit, shall we? Ernest Shackleton was an Irishman born in 1874 at the age of 16. He left formal schooling to join a crew of a commercial sailing ship. And there he just made his career as a sailor. By the time of his 1915 trans Antarctic expedition that we will be talking about today, Ernest was already kind of famous for a previous daring expedition. He was, in 1909, part of what was hilariously called the Nimrod Expedition. Mm. Nimrod just didn't used to mean that. It was just like another word, but now we're like (laughs) Nimrod. (laughs) Nimrod. (laughs) So the Nimrod Expedition um, was an adventure that Shackleton was a part of, um, where he was part of the crew that went to Antarctica, climbed up Mount Erebus, which is a massive volcano, and discovered, actually discovered, the magnetic South Pole. So... Shackleton had earned several awards for his expeditions in the past already, and his knighthood. That is why he will be referred to, goddammit, as Sir Ernest Shackleton. That doesn't make it better. It really doesn't, but also he's like a goddamned hero, so I'll try to look past his really <laughs> shitty name.
1: <laughs> so would Sir Ernest just be Cernest?
0: Cernest Shackleton, yes. hmm You're so right. hmm Thank you. hmm No one at this point, he's already done the whole discovering the magnetic south pole thing, but he realized a few years later that no one had ever actually traversed the whole of Antarctica from one side to the other.
1: Yeah, because it's real cold.
0: It's real cold. That shit is difficult.
1: Are there polar bears in the south? No. Okay.
0: There's just the penguins mostly. Oh, and seals.
1: Seals can be violent, though.
0: They can. Guess what? Cernus (laughs) Shackleton didn't give a shit about stuff being hard. So he hatched a plan involving two ships and 56 men. This is a very short side story because I thought it was really cool because he was hatching this plan in August of 1914 when like the World War One is about is kind of like everyone's like, hey, maybe we should start amassing troops and supplies because some shit is going down. And... Shackleton, an Irishman, is sitting in Great Britain, seeing all of this. He's chartered two ships and he's like, Hey, is it? You guys can have our ships. Do you need them for the war effort? It's cool. Like, we don't. I was going to go on a whole science thing and you can have them. And he literally on August 14th gets a telegram that just says, Proceed. And that could literally have meant anything. (laughs) Does it mean proceed with your cool science shit or give us your fucking ships? But then, fortunately, literally Winston Churchill, an hour later, sent his own telegram saying, "It's cool. Thank you for the offer. Keep your ships. Do your cool science." Thing. We got this. Yeah, we got this. And that do it again in about
1: twenty years. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. That very night at midnight, war officially broke out. I just thought that was rad. <laughs> he almost so basically was like,
1: Winston Churchill was like, "All right." I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Two ships really aren't going to make a difference at this point because right. shit's happening it's, now.
0: And I mean, they're Great Britain. They have one of the best naval fleets yeah. in history. They're fine. Like, you want to fucking go? Let's go. Right? Also, yeah, kind of cool considering Winston Churchill was a very, I mean, he was a war guy. He was about the war. Mm-hmm. It was this whole thing. For him to be like, yeah, go do your cool science thing, you big old nerds. Yeah. Kind of rad. So here's the plan. Shackleton would be aboard the ship, the Endurance, with 28 others, including sailors and scientists. The Endurance would sail from an island called South Georgia on the very tip of South America. It goes like Argentina, South Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they would set sail from South Georgia through the Weddell Sea and make land at Vassal Bay in Antarctica. Then the crew, their gear, and their dogs would make the trek across the continent passing right through the South Pole, and then over to the Ross Sea at the other end. The second ship was named the Aurora. It also had 28 men. And that ship would set sail from Australia and make landfall on the opposite side of the continent in the Ross Sea. It was their job to then make it inland as far as they could and set up supply depots for the endurance people who were making the actual uh, um, Antarctic trip. So... Yes.
1: The Aurora. Mm Mm-hmm. Should that be more like the rip aurora?
0: Do you want (laughs) to (laughs) leave? Because I'll turn this podcast around (laughs) right now. (laughs) No,
1: I haven't even started the Pinot Grigio. You're going to have
0: to get there because it's getting better as I drink it, and I I think that's bad. I'm really close. I think that's really bad, though, Em.
1: I can't really feel my jaw anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Good.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Just all bad on all fronts no I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna we're gonna have a bad night, all right, oh. <laughs> all right, so this journey would be long, and by long, I mean eighteen hundred miles, it's chill though, don't worry about it. <laughs> this is my favorite thing about their like okay, it's one of my many favorite things about this story. I love this story. look at you, get your fucking Pinot Grigio. on, <laughs> do it better and faster. <laughs> This has not been officially corroborated, but it is said that this is the exact ad that Shackleton put in newspapers looking for his crew. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success.
1: So, like, here's the thing, though. Because I just read an article talking about how people's grandpas aren't joking when they said they'd just walk into a place and basically demand a job. Yeah. They'd see the ad saying like, I need someone who is smart and strong. And they would walk in being like, I'm smart and strong. And
0: people would be like, you're hired. Okay. (laughs) We don't know what resumes are. It's the olden times. So you put an ad out
1: like that and they're like, Fuck it. What do I have to lose? Yeah.
0: Well, and this is like the early 1900s. Yeah. You're just looking for able-bodied dudes who have probably been on a ship before. We
1: don't do criminal background checks.
0: No, not at all.
1: You've murdered 18 people. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Your skills will probably be handy in fighting penglings.
0: Well, look, not no. (laughs) Experience. so what could possibly go wrong emily so this much. all seems fine oh cool 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 because the, on the trash man yeah well because the next thing i have written is things go immediately wrong uh-huh. so that's good i'm glad you're on the same page
1: for the expedition
0: the expedition
1: or for the, the endurance there we go the endurance i knew it started with an e but that's fine
0: i i regularly had to look back at my notes to be like what the fuck is this ship called again yes so the endurance is the one we're sort of with now, I'll check back in with the Aurora later. It's
1: going to go to sleep, and then it's going to wake up in a color-changing dress and dance with the prince in the sky.
0: You're such a fucking nerd, dude. <laughs> you're drinking out of a Pua mug that you bought with your own money because you're a nerd, <laughs> and I love it. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just going to hold my jiggly puff and move on. So, the Endurance set sail from South Georgia on December 5th, 1914, and about a month in, they could make out land on the horizon. So they're seeing Antarctica. They're like, fucking A, that's awesome. There it is. Everything's going according to plan. However, between them and that land was a huge expanse of floating ice. The Weddell Sea was not usually the way people took to get to Antarctica, is the thing, because it was known to be icy, and this year was particularly bad. The crew had already waited ashore for an extra month to wade out the ice, and it hadn't gotten any better. So the Endurance spent six weeks making slow progress toward the mainland, pushing ice out of its way. Like, literally, people would get out of the ship, break up the ice, move it aside. The ship would move forward. Six weeks of that.
1: So, okay. I'm like something of an expert. Oh, are you? On ships dealing with ice. Mm. Because I watched like so specific all the seasons of Deadliest Catch.
0: (laughs) Okay, there are a lot of things that make a person an expert in stuff, and I think you're right. I think you have a Ph.D. in ships on Uh ice now.
1: Uh huh. So, like,
0: ice can do a lot of damage to a boat. Oh, just wait. Oh, just fucking wait, my dude. Uh oh. This is this story's for you, Ah. the Ph.D. Hi, my is Emily. I have a doctorate in boat ice. <laughs> also called BICE. <laughs> it's called BICE. Uh, that's what we call it at Harvard. I'm part of the BICE squad. <laughs> BICE squad. <laughs> Stupid. All right. Oh, okay. God, this is so bad. <laughs> so, unfortunately, they're doing this whole thing. They're breaking up the ice. They're moving forward. It's ha- Things are better some days than others. More ice will move and shift than on other days. But then... On January eighteenth, 1915, the Endurance was just 100 miles from shore, which, under normal circumstances, is one day's sail. You can get 100 miles just regular sailing. It's taken way longer to get a much shorter distance. They are 100 miles from shore when they run into an enormous ice mound and become completely trapped. There are photographs by Frank Hurley, of the crew outside the ship using poles to break up the ice all around here little by little. But, like, the temperatures keep falling. It is the middle of winter. And it's actually sort of becoming Antarctic winter, I guess, at that point. Seasons are weird over there.
1: It's like Australia. Right.
0: So things are just getting worse and worse. The ice is sticking more together. It's harder to break up. It's not floating as much. So they're, they realize that they are totally trapped. There is nothing they can do but wait for the ice to release them and they would wait months. So the crew of the Endurance began building igloos on the large ice floo- flows all around the ship. They would Smart. keep their Mhm. They would keep their dogs there and a no yeah. shit. They called them dog glues because these are men after our own hearts. Oh, no.
1: I'm so proud that they're protecting the dogs.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, okay. So <laughs> Moving Um, on. It's fine. uh, The dogs are fine. Taylor? Hey, Emily, the dogs are fine. I don't believe you. They actually, really, they are. They're in their igloos. They've got their supplies out on there. Are they going
1: to eat the dogs? No. Are you sure? Yeah, no,
0: I promise they don't eat the dogs. I'll let you know. I will throw you off the balcony into the lake. (laughs) They're not going to eat the dogs. I swear. So, (gasps) the ship itself is transformed into kind of a winter shelter. It's the only warmish place. It's very fucking cold. I just cannot like even say enough how goddamn cold it is.
1: Huh. Imagine that.
0: There are tons of photos in of men in identical dark sweaters, like so many layers deep, drinking and cleaning and playing what might be like a tiny game of snooker. You can help me. I have a picture here.
1: The fuck is snooker?
0: Snooker is like um, a British pool. It's got slightly different rules, but it looks like a tiny little pool table, right? They're yeah. playing it. They're all around this big sort of mess hall thing on the ship. There are a lot of pictures of these guys, like, genuinely looking like they're having an, a, a nice time and enjoying each other's company. It's pretty cute. Um, so they called this area of the ship the Ritz, which I just love. <laughs> I really love these men. I have to, like, really talk about how much I love them. They're really <laughs> cute. Um, so there are pictures of them getting giving each other haircuts and laughing and smoking pipes and just having a grand old time. So like there's no way this didn't suck. A majority of the time it's very cold. They have no idea when they're going to get to go home, let alone complete their mission. Um but it's kind of cute that they seem to definitely like have a good time when they can. Um Shackleton who was called the boss by his men. Uh, and was pretty much beloved by them. He seemed to really think that making sure morale stayed high was a very important thing. Um, so he would make sure, he would be like, hey, men, go out for moonlit walks. Do you for a bit. Just like go out and like be by yourself and go do what you want. Um, there's a quote. Although the scope for activity was limited, the dogs were exercised and on occasion raced competitively. Oh! Men were encouraged to take moonlit walks, <laughs> And uh, aboard the ship, there were um, attempted theatricals. So they would like put on little tiny I mean, plays.
1: Yeah, cuties. So like, yeah, go enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Go embrace it and yeah. live your best life because you probably aren't going home. But like, maybe you are. Right. But like,
0: mm, yeah. I mean, honestly, that is a pretty good survival tactic. To be honest, like, yeah. look, just make the best of it. Like, try yeah. go have fun for go a while. Hold someone's hand. Yeah, or oh. hold a dog's paw. Right. Oh, babies. And they, I mean, they kept up with the holidays. They knew what date it was and everything. So they would keep, like, Empire Day on May. That is also important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they kept to a schedule. And Empire Day on May 24th was, like, duly celebrated, according to the quote. Which I just think everybody got real tanked. That's what that means. Yep. Everyone was real drunk. Amazing. So They had a
1: plethora of ice to keep their drinks cold.
0: Right. Things began to look briefly up in July because the ice was breaking up more. However, that got squashed very fast because tons of storms in August and September shoved ice up against the ship, just making them being stuck much worse all over again. Um, The pressure from one of the crew members, the pressure of the ice building up against the ship was like being thrown to and fro like a shuttlecock a dozen times. The cracking and splintering of wood against this pressure was so loud that it sounded like gunfire. This is kind of a long quote, but it's from Shackleton. On October 27th, 1915. So they've been there almost a year since they set sail anyway.
1: War is raging.
0: (laughs) Yeah, war's still on. War's on the entire time this is happening. So this is from Shackleton. After months of ceaseless anxiety and strain, After times when hope beat high and times when the outlook was black indeed, we have been compelled to abandon the ship, which is crushed beyond all hope of ever being righted. But we are alive and well, and we have stores and equipment for the task that lies before us. The task is to reach land with all the members of the expedition. It is hard to write what I feel. Yeah, so like, they had to let the ship go. It was just sort of sitting there, like you said, does a lot of damage (laughs) It was not going to get fixed. No,
1: there's no, they would need to be docked to fix it at this point. And it
0: is literally crushed under yeah. the weight. Yeah.
1: It's, um, it's, uh, under pressure. It's
0: part of me is proud of you. Part of me wants to, um, uh, I've murder been holding you. onto
1: that since the beginning of the quote. Oh, you're
0: so good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's November 21st, but a month later, the endurance finally broke apart and sank in front of them.
1: Well, fuck.
0: Yeah. Into the Weddell Sea. Sir Shackleton began to march his crew westward. One nice thing about the Endurance being stuck was that it had spent all those months drifting along on the ice flows, and overall it drifted more than 1,100 miles. Oh! Which is insane.
1: Ice does move a lot. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. And they were now much closer to a place called Paulette Island, where they knew that there were, like, like food depots and emergency supplies from other expeditions that had taken place. So they were like, okay, we got to get there. We just got to march. Nature was not done being an absolute dick to them though. Sure. So as the ice around them broke up and came together, ridges formed as the ice would like sort of smush. And it made it really difficult to travel, especially because they were pulling three of their lifeboats behind them on sledges. So they would move, they would go, like, three days, they went, like, two miles. Mm. Like, it was very slow. They spent a period stopping, waiting for the ice to move, marching, stopping, waiting for the ice to move, over and over and over again. Until January of 1916, when Shackleton ordered them to set up a more permanent camp, which he called Patience Camp. (laughs) Like a dick. (laughs) Subtle. (laughs) Patience, gentlemen. And they would stay there for three months. The crew's rations were wearing thin. I'm sorry. They don't eat the dogs, but I am going to warn you about this. You, Emily, who I'm looking in the face, and also all our listeners, they had been killing and cooking seals to add some variety to their diet. But over the coming months, Shackleton would order every team of dogs shot slowly over time because they were eating too much food and there wasn't enough for the men. And eventually, when the last team of dogs was shot, like they could finally eat the seal instead of giving it to the dogs. And they were like, Oh, thank God we were starving. (laughs) I know it's very sad. And I'm super sorry. Yeah, but they didn't eat them. They weren't gross about it.
1: I mean, okay, but here's the thing. I've been saying that like a lot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's It's the Moscato.
1: Uh, Yeah. Probs. Probs. (laughs) That's just like the rational part of my brain says, wow, what a waste. Mm hmm. Because technically, could have eaten the dogs,
0: right? I feel that. I if feel they like they were gonna shoot them anyways. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's a very British thing to do to be like, "Well, we can't stop. We can't let them take our food anymore." But we're not gonna make them food. We are gentlemen, yeah. you know. I am a sir. <laughs> yes, I am sir. I have been knighted. I am soonest Shackleton, I am and you will Sernest not. Shackleton. I will not be eating a dog. Uh, that's beneath me. Exactly. Bring on the seal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that is super British. <laughs> And I also just think, like, things weren't so, so bad. They had seal. I mean, if maybe there was nothing else around. During this time, the ice drifts were erratic and hard to predict. But on April 8th, this is 1916, so they've been out there for, like, a year and a half. Almost. The flow suddenly split, and it left their entire camp on a small triangle of floating ice. Uh Uh-oh. Which the men were worried would break up at any time. Uh Uh-huh. And leave them all without anywhere to stand. Yeah. So Shackleton decided it was time to split up the men along the three lifeboats. They still maintained their camp, but like the lifeboats were ready to go at any time so you could run to them. But one of the lifeboats named the James Caird, they were named, I guess, after the people who helped fund the expedition. So one of the lifeboats was adapted in order to make its way through whatever passages of ice that were left open and head back across the Weddell Sea to South Georgia. Because Shackleton was like, we're done with this. We're gonna go get help. We can't wait any longer. There's nothing we can do. So Shackleton hand-selected five men to go with him on his journey, which apparently was very difficult as many of the men were now physically unwell. And then also his lead navigator on the original expedition um, was known to be in a perilous mental state. That's Hubert Hudson. He's the guy holding the penguins. <laughs> he wasn't doing so good. What a weird shock. <laughs> hey Hudson, what you doing <sighs> with the penguins, bud? I found penguins. Pe- put them down, bud. No! They're not your no. They're not your friends, bud. <laughs> they're my friends. All right, come on, Hudson. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he went a little Scottish. I'm going to blame the Pinot on that one. Totally fair.
0: <laughs> we don't actually know that he wasn't Scottish. <laughs> so the James cared with six men, including Shackleton, set sail on April 24th. It took the James Caird 16 days to reach South Georgia.
1: Yeah, because there probably wasn't a motor on that boat.
0: Nope. This is a sailing boat, and I actually can show you a picture of it. It is small, you guys, so everything I'm about to tell you is insane to me. Oh. That's a little boy. That's
1: an itty-bitty boy. So, So, like,
0: there's definitely a deck and a below deck, but not something where you could put, like, people... No. You could put supplies down there. I mean like maybe two people could sleep, maybe. No. But like <laughs> it's really yeah, it's kind of it's very small you guys. It looks like a tiny little sailing boat. Yeah. Um Is this a light. Um almost it's mostly just really rad, I think. This gets, I mean, this part's shitty because it's a little bit of our worst nightmare. So let's have fun with that. Ah. So it's 16 days of battling heavy seas because, of course, the sea isn't just going to be cool about this.
1: So, like, that's the thing about, like, that southern tip mm. of South America
0: mm-hmm. is the water's real bad. I imagine there's, like, a lot, there's just, like, a, a lot of temperature change happening uh-huh. very quickly all the time. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not friendly to ships. There's been a lot of
0: i believe there. that and they also they they dealt with hurricane force winds a constant buildup of ice that they would have to they would make the boat heavier so they would have to chip it away and it would be like sometimes 15 inches thick on the deck constant overcast skies made it hard to navigate and do you want to hear about our worst fear this quote from shackleton
1: i'm just like i'm stealing myself i
0: know this. this is a quote from i was like ah, as i read it Here's a quote from Shackleton of what happened on May 5th. I called the other men that the sky was clearing. And then a moment later, I realized that what I had seen was not a rift in the clouds, but the white crest of an enormous wave. It's that high. It's looked like it's in the sky, dude. During 26 years experience of on the ocean and all its moods, I had not encountered a wave so gigantic. It was a mighty upheaval of the ocean, a thing quite apart from the big white-capped seas that had been our tireless enemies that many days. I shouted, for God's sake, hold on, it's got us. And then came a moment of suspense that seemed drawn out into hours. White surged the foam of the breaking sea around us. We felt our boat lifted and flung forward like a cork in breaking surf. We were in a seething chaos of tortured water. This guy can write. I just, like, really like his whole style. Anyway. <laughs> High, yes,
1: early 1900s. Oh, yeah.
0: Everybody talks like this. We were in a seething chaos of tortured water, but somehow the boat lived through it, half full of water, sagging of the dead weight and shuddering under the blow. We bailed with the energy of men fighting for life, flinging the water over the sides with every receptacle that came to our hands, and after ten minutes of uncertainty, we felt the boat renew her life beneath us. I love how all boats are female. Oh, yeah, always. And even though this one's called the James Caird, it's a <laughs> shame. <laughs> it's a lady, and a good-ass lady. Cause holy a good lady. Really could have, really could have you know, done it. You know what there. helped them? So several days more of ha- shit just as harrowing as that. Just unceasing the james cared finally reached south georgia on may 10th 1916 so i'm gonna keep pushing ahead i know this is long i just love everything about this story so much so i did want to mention that even after all that these men had actually made land Like, they were trying to find people to help them on South Georgia, but South Georgia isn't just, like, a tiny place where wherever you land is perfect and there's people there. That's not what happened. These guys came ashore 22 miles from the nearest thing they even knew to go find. Oh, no. And it's 22 miles that would take them over a mountain range that no one had ever successfully crossed.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Literally no one. When they looked at it on their map, it was a blank space. No one had ever been there. (laughs) And that was the way through. It was the only way. So they were just like, okay, I guess we'll do it. So Shackleton and two other men, the other two he had originally brought, were not well enough to make the journey. So he takes the two with him, uh, the three with him that were well enough. Um, Cross and cross these mountains. They literally just did it. I cannot stress enough how much this had not been done before, and they just did it because they fucking had to. So it's more snow and ice. These are real mountains. It's like a big old sort of knobby ridge that runs along the entirety of the outer banks of this island. So at one point, three days in, they rested, and Shackleton, like things were so bad that Shackleton realized that if all of them fell asleep, they were not going to wake up. Yeah, probably. So he let his men sleep for five minutes, woke them up and told them it had been a half an hour, and made them get up and keep walking. This man is. Sneaky. Hardcore.
1: Fucking sneaky.
0: Yeah, he does not fuck around. So sneaky, boy. So several days of this, including like some near suicidal path taking along the way. There was like a part where Shackleton was like, so we can either slide down this slope where there might be a fall to our deaths, but we can't really see, or we could take five days journey out this way and avoid it. And they were like, take the fucking slope. (laughs) Like they were so done. They were like, I'd rather die, dude. Let's do this. (laughs) But they did not die. Quote from Shackleton. When we got to the whaling station, it was the thought of all those comrades that made us so mad with joy. We didn't so much feel safe as that they would be saved. So they make it to a British whaling station, finally, who are like, who the fuck are you? How did you get here? Holy shit. And these guys immediately help them. Again, they're British. Same country, same country, same country. They all look at each (laughs) other like, do you need a boat? Absolutely we do. So they allow them to use a British whaling ship uh, to return for the 22 men still out there, adrift on the ice, just chilling. On what is actually called Elephant Island. Um, It's all the floating ice. It's not land, but we call it Elephant Island because it might as well be land. Sure. Sure, why not? Are
1: there any elephants?
0: There aren't any. Although, um, actually, it's like that part of Antarctica that kind of becomes a wisp. Sure. So it's probably why. Um, So the ice turned them away on that first trip. Then the Uruguayan government lent them a trawler. And again, the ice was too much to get through. Then the men traveled to Chile, where British and Chilean residents literally just fucking crowdfunded a boat, just gave them money for a schooner named Emma, and then that broke in the ice. (laughs) 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 Then, fucking then, the Chilean government loaned the men a steam tugboat named Yelko, and finally, fucking goddamn mother-shitting, finally... On August 30th, 1916, a crewman left on the, on Elephant Island, spotted the Yelko in an opening in the mist on the ocean, and he yelled, ship, oh, but he had been making lunch, and all of the men were like, shut the fuck up, asshole, they thought that he was calling them to lunch and being a bit of an asshole about it. <laughs> So he had to go, no, 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 Wild. There's a man there named Wild. Wild, there's a ship. Hadn't we better light a flare? They didn't have a flare. (laughs) So what they did was take all of their extra clothing, all the canvas from their tents, take their last tin of fuel, poke a hole in it, and light that shit on fire. (laughs) So the ship reaches them. They all scramble aboard. Shackleton is there. He asks them, are you all well? And they replied, all safe, all well. And Shackleton said, oh, thank God. It's so cute. (laughs) So all 26 of the original crew members of the Endurance survived this ordeal. Months on the ice, all that bullshit. They all lived. They spent 137 days adrift on Elephant Island, one and a half years since they had set out on their original journey. And do you want to check back in with the Aurora real quick?
1: I kind of do.
0: So... The Aurora carried out their mission, but also fell upon great hardships, including their ship being all fucked up and people like just disappearing into the snow. Three people died from the Aurora. Nobody from the Endurance. (laughs) Crazy. They didn't have Shackleton. Right? Exactly. Fucking Sir Ernest Shackleton is the shit. This is my last part. Sir Ernest Shackleton's return and heroic journey were largely overshadowed by the war, which was still raging at the time. And he did eventually die of a heart attack at the age of 47 on a voyage toward another Antarctic expedition, because that bitch was not done. His grave is still regularly visited by scientists, travelers, and adventure lovers to this day. It's pretty cute. And I'm a huge fan. So that's it. I know
1: know what we should do for our 50th episode.
0: Oh, no, what? We should go see Sir Shackleton. (laughs) I mean, where is he? Do we have to fly? We probably do. He's probably. probably in and fucking then we Britain. probably have to get on a boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Take okay. a look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking that Shackleton might live up there with Salvador in my probably. heart a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like people who survive at sea like huge badasses, man. I don't know what it is. <sighs> also, is that, I'm sorry, is it Deborah?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Deborah, you live in our heart. And also.
1: Sorry, not you, Brad.
0: No, Brad deserves it. Oh, it's not his fault he it's shares a name with a fault. fucker. He, Brad, last name not Redacted. to be said. <laughs> Shackleton and Deborah. we're going to do a good clink. Good job. Woo-hoo! That was a very good one. Thank you guys for joining us on this fucking cool sea journey that we apparently took. Again, I wasn't aware we were going to overlap. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, great. if I
1: if I had stuck with my original thing, it would have been see in prisons. So,
0: yeah, there probably wasn't much there. No, but that's it's not how not. this podcast works. No. Wow. Is that everything? Yeah. Wow. Kay. awesome. Can't believe we did it again. Woo. 44. Oh, at 44, you wow. guys. Thank you guys for sticking with us all this time, if also, you have. like,
1: props to us for actually
0: committing to a thing for this long. I know. Holy shit, y'all. <laughs> it's been almost two years. In yeah. June, it'll be two years. Yeah. It's crazy. Woof. Well, I guess um, be a little bit like Deborah. Be a little bit like Shackleton. And uh, don't forget your can of water. God
1: damn.